And now to, to the scripture. Uh, Luke 12, 27 through 34. Nothing else matters, or Jesus is the one who matters. Luke 12, verses 27 through 34. Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, what you have uh, called us to this day in uh, coming together as a fellowship of believers uh, to worship the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, uh, meet us in this. Lord, we, we acknowledge and confess that uh, unless your spirit comes and teaches us, we will not be taught. Uh, unless he comes and lifts up the name of Jesus uh, for us to look at and adore, uh, we won't do it. Lord, free us from thoughts of uh, worries of life, uh, plans for this week, and let us enter into your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I didn't tell you that uh, Jenny is originally from Seattle, uh, and I'm originally from Harriman, Tennessee, uh, just up the road. Uh, Harriman's not famous for much of anything, except maybe being the first place to train managers for Cracker Barrel stores. Um, and that has a place in my heart. Uh, Jenny and I live and work in Granada, Spain. We've been there for nine years with... Uh, a team growing and starting churches. Uh, the neighborhood where we live uh, and where the church is located is a real mosaic of uh, Spaniards, Moroccans, Bolivians, Peruvians, Ecuadorians, and Senegalese. Uh, most people there are non-practicing Catholics. Uh, about 20% are Muslims, and less than 1% are evangelical believers. Uh, down further south, where we are also helping uh, start churches, there are even fewer followers of Christ. We love the patchwork of languages and cultures in our city. Our barrio, uh, but our barrio is plagued by the effects of sin. Uh, one in three people are unemployed. Divorce is common. Uh, most people have only one parent, well, most children have only one parent because the other one has abandoned them. Uh, People need to encounter the living Christ. Where will they meet him? Normally, it is in getting to know a person who is seeking to live out the love of Christ. That is where most people encounter him. 
Olivia came into contact with one of these Jesus followers in meeting a new neighbor in her apartment building in Granada. Uh, she is in her mid-40s. She is a widow with three children. The two older children are boys and out on their own working. The 16-year-old daughter is still at home. Her name is Nami. When Olivia was 32 years old, she suffered a massive stroke, which left her legally blind and only able to walk with difficulty. Uh, she had worked as uh, 10 years as a secondary school teacher, but the damage to her brain left her unable to handle a classroom situation. In the middle of the rehabilitation process, her husband died suddenly. Looking for solace, Olivia started attending a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. After eight years of being browbeaten and manipulated toward trying to earn God's blessing by keeping uh, the rules of Jehovah's Witnesses, she gave up and dropped out. That was in the year 2009. In the summer of 2010, a young American woman moved into Olivia's apartment building. As Olivia welcomed her into the neighborhood, she found out that Jamie was in Granada developing English programs for a local church. La Iglesia de Reconciliación y Gracia. We'll just call it Reconciliación. One day, Olivia saw Jamie in the hallway of their apartment building and asked the young woman if she would be willing to help her study the Bible. And so began a long friendship that still continues with many hours and different studies with other women from the neighborhood and the church. Olivia began attending worship at Reconciliacion in 2011. Uh, though disabled herself, she was interested in helping others who were poorer than she is. She became involved in helping with the church's food and clothing distributions. Because of Olivia's invitation, several of children in the neighborhood came to the church's summer English camps. She became involved in women's Bible studies, uh, Alpha Course outreaches, uh, one which I had the privilege of leading in her home, and reaching out to neglected teens in her neighborhood. Many people prayed for Olivia and her family. At first, all her children were hostile. The two older boys are secular Catholics, no interest in spirituality. Olivia was constantly asking for prayer for her family, and especially for these two young men. They thought their mom was joining another cult uh, in Reconciliacion. Yet, as they saw their mom change, become joyful and relaxed, instead of uptight and burdened in her spirituality, they began to be more open to her new faith that she, for the first time, really was born again. When she was baptized in Easter 2014, both sons and their families attended. But sadly, Nami is a different story. She wanted nothing to do with her mother's newly discovered Christ. By age 15, she was heavily involved in drugs uh, and alcohol. Then, in February this year, she developed mononucleosis. It was terribly sick. After much prayer, she began to improve, uh, and now is hungry to know more about Jesus. Just in August, at age 16, Nami was diagnosed with lymphoma. She's receiving radiation treatment. It's very weak. She's lost 40 pounds. Uh, also, but also, she's very close to knowing Christ personally. Please pray for her. See, this passage is talking about what really matters in life. Uh, what are we called to 
that will give us a focus, a love, a meaning, a relationship with the living God. Jesus is what matters. In this uh, passage, we see receive three positive commands and two negative ones. We'll, we'll talk about most of those depending upon the time um, and uh, see where we get, how far we get on there. But the, t- the positive ones are consider, seek, and provide, and the negative ones are do not set your heart on and do not be afraid. Let's see how far we get. Nothing else matters. Jesus is what matters. Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, uh, thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Uh, this, this word consider, uh, like the other positive commands in the passage that we read, uh, is, is uh, given in uh, uh, a continuous tense. In other words, in, in English, it really should say something like, uh, keep considering, uh, keep thinking about, uh, keep working on studying, uh, trying, pondering, pursuing this. Uh, another example is in uh, Matthew 7, 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Uh, That log, Jesus is calling us and his disciples there to pay attention to that big beam sticking out of their eye uh, and not be so focused on what is bothering our brother or sister. Uh, Jesus says earlier in Luke 12, consider the ravens. Uh, They don't have jobs. They don't get Social Security. Uh, They don't have retirement funds, and God provides for them. Not that any of those things are bad, uh, but the ravens are totally dependent upon what God feeds them. Luke 20, verses 23. But he perceived their craftiness. Luke 20 was when the Pharisees were trying to entrap Jesus and make him say something that would either make him fall afoul of the Romans or of the Jewish people. So they asked, should we pay taxes to Rome? And you remember Jesus' response. He asked for a coin, if anyone had a coin. Uh, and uh, you can look up the rest of it. But what he said, what the scripture says is he perceived, he noticed, he pondered on their craftiness and understood what they were trying to do. Uh, considering means that we have to slow down. And notice what the good things around us can teach us about God's majesty and beauty. Brothers and sisters, that's why we need artists and poets. I I don't think I have one drop of artistic blood in my body. uh, But we need those people because they take the time, uh, musicians, to, to study things, to ponder them, and then produce work that makes us Uh, appreciate what God has done in creation. And when those works of art are are pushing us towards the creator and enjoy him, they are marvelous. Jesus is the one who matters. Nothing else matters. And then uh, in verse 29, Jesus says, And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, 
For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. In this case, the phrase, what you eat or drink, really can represent whatever it is in our lives that can take over, uh, take the place of God, even the good things that God has given. Uh, I, I want to tell you about Aaron. Uh, Aaron is from uh, New York City, and when she was uh, 15 years old, her father died suddenly of a heart attack. Uh, she was from a, a Catholic family in New York City. There was no life insurance. Uh, the family had very little savings, and so they lost everything. So her, her mother uh, and her three brothers and sisters and her were, within a month, uh, had to be removed from their house, uh, find another place to live in, and had no other places to live, and her mother went into a deep depression. Uh, in the face of that, as soon as Aaron finished high school... She moved away from home to get away from those problems and uh, took training as a licensed practical nurse so she could support herself and live wherever uh, she wanted and so that she would have time to practice uh, the sport that she loved, uh, bicycling, bicycle racing. Before long, cycling teams around the U.S. were begging for her to come and race with them and get paid. Eventually, she moved to California where she could uh, work part-time as a licensed practical nurse uh, and then have lots of time to work on her cycling. And she won many uh, races uh, in the women's sections of the semi-professional circuit in California. But uh, she left that state brokenhearted after her fiancé died in a car accident. That was 2011. Trying to get away from uh, those, that experience and that loss, uh, she moved to Granada in Spain and enrolled in the University of Granada there. Uh, Aaron was sought by Spanish cycling teams. Uh, if you uh, follow much of what happens in Spain, you, uh, you, it doesn't take long to figure out because very prominent cycling is very prominent in Spain, the second sport uh, to soccer, uh, and it is everywhere. And Aaron got involved in those cycling competitions with a team in Granada. She met another man, fell in love with him. Uh, they were planning to get married. And in January 2014, uh, he went to climb a mountain in the Canary Islands and disappeared. It's never been found since. Despondent, she turned to binge drinking and was in a stupor for more than a month. Very concerned, the president of her bike club, who, by the way, is not a believer, uh, called a believer in uh, Reconciliacion in Granada in the church. Uh, he knew that Aaron needed help much bigger than what he could offer or what he felt uh, people in the medical system could offer. Holly and Thomas began meeting uh, with Aaron to study the Bible in March of this year. In May, she declared her faith in Jesus and was baptized at Reconciliacion the Sunday before Jenny and I left to come to the U.S. Aaron now testifies that being a superstar, superstar cyclist, which is, is a good thing uh, and a way to uh, show God's glory and that gift he's given, but it did not bring her peace in her life. 
She was created, she says now, to serve Jesus and would like someday to be back at the church in Granada sharing him. Whether there are things that can be enemies to considering the lilies, considering what God has done and what he's given us around us. And, and uh, uh, one of the biggest things, I think, for um, modern people in the 21st century is busyness. If you look on uh, in Christian books or hear messages, it's, it's not uncommon to hear uh, people say something like, busyness is often the biggest obstacle to intimacy with God. Busyness is often the biggest obstacle to intimacy with God. I don't, I don't know if you, uh, at times in your life, sense this kind of inner yearning that you, you would like to grow uh, in that, uh, in knowing, really knowing your Heavenly Father. The Bible speaks of, of God as uh, being the friend of Abraham. Uh, you can read the prayers of David where he is longing for that kind of intimacy. And yet, uh, brothers and sisters, I think that when we fill our lives so much uh, with so many things and never have spaces, uh, and I'm talking about myself, uh, that really gets in the way of anything that helps us move towards the Father with intimacy. I'll confess to you that I'm addicted to activity. Uh, In ministry and church planting, I love to get tasks done. Uh, the more that I can check off my lists, the better I feel about myself. Most of my lists are in my head, though some are on my phone. But in the morning when I wake up, the, f- uh, the first thing, in, well, the first thought is the list start rolling through my mind. I don't have to say, oh, let's start the list. Uh, I don't have to say, what am I supposed to be doing today? Uh, they just come. Uh, and... When that happens, it's easy to begin to add time with the Lord as one of those things on the to-do list that is not so much about relationship, but about completing the list. What what is wrong with that picture? Uh, Well, you know, even if it's just on a list, it's good for you to spend time with the Lord. But when you do that, you're not treating God, and I'm not treating God, Uh, as the God of the universe, the Father who in love gave his Son for you. Uh, Meeting him is not just something that I should do so that I can feel more productive, but he calls us into a love relationship. Jesus bought us with a price. Uh, He bought us not only to forgive our sins, but to draw us into intimacy with his family, uh, in his family, as his children Uh, who love him and enjoy him. You may remember the first uh, question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which says, what is the chief end of life? Uh, To love God and enjoy him forever. And it's it's interesting how for many of us, uh, our relationship with God becomes more about a a cerebral set of rational statements than about that relationship. And those rational statements are really important. Uh, but they don't take the place of that personal, intimate relationship. And then the Lord gave me Jenny. Uh, She reminds me to slow down. Thank you. Uh, She's constantly calling me 
to take those unhurried, quiet times, to put them on my calendar, or if you will, on my list, uh, and refuse to let them be crowded out. Uh, And that's a challenge uh, if you're an activist who's addicted to activity. Well, what can we learn from paying attention to the wildflowers, uh, from the birds, uh, from looking at a leaf? Uh, Well, we can learn about God's beauty, the way he has built creation. Uh, You can do that by looking under a microscope also or looking at the stars. And, of course, we need God's word to interpret those things for us. Uh, But those all are gifts to draw us into that magnificent relationship with the Father who has loved us. And then, of course, when the Lord helps us pursue those things, then he provides for our daily needs. Jesus is what matters. Nothing else matters. That doesn't mean that the other things are not important. Working your job, taking care of your family, those those things are very important. But having your focus on what really matters lets you keep those other things in their proper perspective and their proper focus. In your life, it gives the Holy Spirit entrance in to help you do that. And then Jesus said, But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Uh, seeking is the same as we said before about continuing to consider, continue to seek. It's not a one-and-done kind of thing. Okay, you d- I decide right now I'm going to seek God's kingdom. It's going to be first in my life, uh, and I never have to think about it again. Uh, actually, uh, we are much worse off than that, uh, and it's a symptom of how our uh, human hearts are bent away from God that we need to keep coming back, to keep seeking, uh, to ask forgiveness uh, where, when we have bent back away from the Lord uh, and he says, those things are the things that I will forgive you of, I will bless you, and give you that intimate fellowship with me. And there are all kinds of ways that you can do that. Uh, let, let me, one of the ways, I, I love the story about a man named Moses. Some of you have had contact with the Gideons. Uh, some of you have given uh, money to help the Gideons. Uh, Moses is in his early 40s. He is a university professor in the capital city of a Muslim country in North Africa. Um, He came from a family that were faithful observers of the national religion. At age 14, for some reason, he doesn't have any idea why. Uh, We know why. Uh, He developed a desire to read the Bible. And at first he said... uh, I I thought that if I just ignored it, it would go away. It didn't go away. Uh, It got stronger. Uh, After some time, he decided to to talk to his brother, who was his closest friend, and said, I I have this desire. I want to read the Bible, but I don't know where to get one. I can't find it. Uh, I've asked a few people uh, secretly, and they say, we don't know where. His brother said, just give it up, because... In our country, it's illegal. Uh, You cannot have a Bible. They can't be sold. You'll never find one. Well, he couldn't give it up. And after two years of looking, 
he found a shop in a back alley in his city uh, where the man grilled him seriously, the shop owner, and said, eventually admitted, yes, we have Bibles, uh, and I will sell you one if you promise to read it seriously. And so he did. That was 25 years ago. Uh, he's now a professor in the National University and a pastor in that same church that the shopkeeper was a part of uh, in those days. And how did that Bible get in his hands? It's because people like us in other countries who wanted to make Christ known uh, would give them so that they would be available in his country. See, nothing else matters. Uh, Jesus is the one who matters. Um, in, in Granada, we find that uh, people are very disinterested in spiritual things. Uh, and most people are secular Catholics. Uh, but they love their children. So one of the things that we do is we do English camps for uh, children in Granada. And we've done them for six years now. And this year, uh, 62 volunteers came from churches here uh, to help us in two separate weeks of providing quality, loving English teaching uh, through activities, uh, through games, through sports, to love on the children of the community, in our community. And God uses that to build relationships that become gospel friendships. Uh, we need men and women with business acumen who love Jesus and want to challenge. If you're that person, we've got a place for you. Uh, but Jesus is what matters. And then, just quickly, uh, Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been, has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Do not be afraid. Now, why would Jesus say, do not be afraid. Uh, I've heard other preachers say that the most frequent command written in the Bible is do not be afraid. Now, that's, that seems a little strange at first, but when you stop to think about it, uh, one of the things that drives us in our lives is fear of what might happen. Uh, fear of what's going to happen to our children, fear of the future, uh, fear of our job, uh, fear of sickness, uh, fear of what other people think about us. And it's not uncommon for that to be a mental thing going on every day in our lives. And Jesus said, do not be afraid, for your Father was pleased to give you the kingdom. And then uh, Jesus says, Put your heart in a safe place. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No matter where we're from, where we're born, uh, Jesus offers a safe place for our treasure. I heard a story recently about uh, a little boy named Victor. And uh, 
some of you, I'm sure, here in this congregation have gone through the adoption process. Uh, one of the gifts, wonderful gifts that God has uh, given to Americans in uh, the last 30 or 40 years is, is a desire to adopt children from places where there really is not much available for orphans. So this one couple had been working to uh, adopt uh, a child from Eastern Europe, been working on it for two years. Uh, they had, had picked out a, uh, a little boy from uh, pictures from the orphanage, and uh, everything was coming together legally. They were told to come get him, so they uh, took a suitcase, packed it full of, of toys and candy and books, uh, just nice things to welcome him into their family, and flew to a city in Eastern Europe to go to the orphanage to meet Victor. Uh, when he arrived, the director of the orphanage brought in Victor. Uh, they met them. He met them. Uh, they had a very loving, welcoming uh, meeting. Uh, Victor did not speak any English at that point, only spoke Russian. Uh, and uh, Victor was delighted to, when the suitcase was opened. Uh, he never got candy, but once a year at Christmas. Uh, he had never had a toy that was just his and nobody else's. Uh, so just a, a wonderful time of getting acquainted across a language barrier. And then the, the director said, now it's time to go. Victor, you're going to go with your new family, uh, and they are going to take you home. And all of a sudden, Victor jumped up, sprinted out of the room, and disappeared. So they spent a few minutes looking for uh, where Victor had gone, and eventually the director uh, found him in another part of the orphanage, in the room, sitting on the floor, holding the hands of another little boy. Uh, they, he took the parents there, the director took the parents there. When they came into the room, uh, the director said, Victor, it's, it's time to go. Uh, your new family is, needs to leave. And Victor said, I'm not going anywhere. And the director tried to explain to him in Russian, uh, you have to leave, your family needs to go back. Uh, this is the time, everything is, is ready and finished, you have a plane flight, you need to go. And Victor said, he put his arm around the little boy's neck and said, I'm not going anywhere without my brother. And by God's grace, uh, this family went home with two children. Now you see, there's, in a real sense, this is what Jesus has done for us. Uh, he became a human being, lived with the same kind of temptations and struggles of life uh, in a human body that we have. And when it was time for him to leave, uh, he essentially said to his father, I'm not going without my brothers and sisters. And he went to the cross for you and for me, even willing to go to hell, to de face death, to draw us into the Father, so that then, in considering him and growing in him, we would have a wonderful, loving relationship with the God of the universe, the righteous God, uh, and learn to walk with him in an intimate, concerning way. That's, that's my prayer for myself. Uh, pray for that. It's, it's, it's a challenge in a busy day, 
busy time like this for us to slow down, to stop the noise, turn off the radio, turn off the TV for a little time, uh, stop work, uh, put aside my task list, and take that time to know him and walk with him as a loving Heavenly Father. But Jesus has provided the way for doing that. Nothing else matters. Jesus is the one who matters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. Lord, that uh, you would send your Son uh, to die for us, uh, knowing that we have hearts that are uh, bent away from you, that are drawn by so many other things. Uh, thank you for the privilege we have. Lord, uh, it's, a, it's a sign of your work in our lives that you disturb uh, our busyness or whatever else it is uh, that dis- detracts us, distracts us uh, from our relationship with you. Lord, uh, make us uh, so godly-minded that we are some earthly good. For Jesus' sake. Amen.